Science first, nap later. I'm so sorry. Not that um, not that it's good that your sister is getting arrested. Obviously, that's not. That's not good. That's that's bad. That's not good at all. The unique ways of the Kulagmalat must be respected. I'm moisturizing my hands this morning. Apologies. Hello and good evening. It is Thursday, December 2nd, 2021, and Star Trek Discovery Season 4, Episode 3, Choose to Live, is out there. It's released. It's over. But we're just getting started here on Live Long and Podcast. Uh, I'm Dave Mater, coming at you with Star Trek and TV and movie reviews. I always... I keep fumbling that. Um, uh, we are we're covering this episode. I'm uh, we got a great panel to break this down tonight. We got Michael Chan. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Michael? Good, good. A little tired. Have a stomach ache, but still good. Still here. <laughs> hey, I appreciate you, uh, you. You you you're pushing through. We got uh, Adam Woodward. Hey guys. Hey Adam. Hello. Uh, we're we're going to be talking about all about this third episode of Star Trek Discovery's fourth season tonight. Uh, choose to live. Uh, a pretty heavy Kawatmalot theme in this one as Gabrielle Burnham returns. Uh, you know, Burn Michael Burnham's mother herself. She's in. She's uh. She's they're hunting down a a rogue Kawatmalot nun who went a little too far for her lost cause and. Um, they got to figure it out. They got a, a joint, a joint Navarre Federation operation here, and we also have a B storyline, I guess, with Adira and Gray and Culber about that whole thing and kind of uh, dealing with um, Gray getting a new body. Um, and what else? Oh, and I guess also uh, Stamets and Book went to Navarre and the Science Institute to try to continue the. Um, the investigation into what the anomaly is, into the uh, what, uh, what does uh, Stamets call it now? The DMA, I think the it's DMA. called. Yes. The DMA. The DMA, dark matter anomaly. Too much of a mouthful to say every time. The dark matter anomaly. So, uh, and uh, Ashley Millard, she's working tonight. She can't be with us. So, we're a trio instead of a quartet. But I digress. Um, maybe we'll go to Adam first. Adam, what do you think of tonight's episode? <clears throat> it, it was the episode that we needed after last week's episode. <laughs> you know, uh, and I, I like the title. I like the the healing that we saw in this episode. Um, I like the, the the humor in this episode. Uh, it was it was good wrap up after last week. It, I thought that was a. And you know what, guys, I completely forgot about Burnham's mother. Yeah, we always do every season. She comes back, um, but uh, yeah, she's she, she's she's in the fold. Um, Michael, uh, what you think of uh, Choose to Live? Did you choose to like it or choose to dislike it? I actually really liked it a lot. Uh, as Adam said, it was the episode that we needed. Uh, it had the the comedy that lightened things up from last week, but still had uh, a good mix of uh action as well as diplomacy as well as problem solving which is uh for me a staple of trek right you have to have like a good mix and this episode i felt did a really good job jumping between the different stories and then the so that the pacing isn't just one you know one single line it's it was right great. Yeah, there was like, yeah, absolutely. There's definitely like three distinct um, storylines uh, kind of involved here. And I, I'm excited to break that all down uh, tonight. Uh, this, as mentioned, the third episode. And yeah, like, so 
I don't know. Like we can kind of like talk about it in sort of how it, it appeared in the episode, or we can kind of break down each separate storyline because they kind of start as one and then they diverge as we kind of go throughout and then they kind of culminate a little bit more back here in the end. But well, um, maybe we'll maybe we'll just kind of walk through beat for beat. So this this episode started with um, kind of a, a dramatic action sequence. We saw the Kawat Malat attack. Uh, another federation ship i don't know if we got that sorry i'm trying to um figure out what the name of that ship was but oh, we did get the name i forgot though i forgot it as well but there was another starship uh federation credence. starship was it credence uh, yeah i think it was the credence the uss credence yeah right and we get this whole sequence where uh, a first officer he's kind of like doing something routine or something i guess transporting dilithium and um you know he's wearing the same uniform as michael burnham and saru in the red command but he had one pip on his epaulette and i just think that that's noteworthy because we haven't seen that yet um mm. but he and he ends up dying anyway uh and he's sort of the murder victim that sort of uh have another pip okay well why would he only have one pip that kind of says he's an ensign that's right but the rest of them don't even have any pips unless they're a captain. And then they have four pips. There's no logic to this. I think that we're not done explaining uniforms yet. No. No. There's more to these uniforms than I understand. The 20, the 32nd century. Because is... they, they don't make mistakes like that. that, that it's got to be something to it. There's got to be, right? Yeah. Like So that one, um, yeah, it was, it was the Credence. Um, and there was a first officer, Patrick Fickett. He was, uh, he, he's, he's kind of, they're attacked by, by a bunch of hooded figures who mm -hmm. we know are the Kuat Malat. Cause if you've been watching Star Trek Picard or you've been watching Discovery, I guess in the last three or four years, you would be sort of familiar with this concept. Uh, they're, they are the, this, um, religious Romulan order. Uh, that uh, also includes other species uh, now, including a human and Gabriel Burnham, um, and uh, and so they're, they're they are. There's a character um, on Picard. What's his name? You know the guy. I mean, um, I can't remember it right now. But the, the the there's a Romulan character on that. He's kind of like a friend to Picard, and he's like he's always saying, "Choose to live. I'm going to kill you with a sword," because that. They're really trying to make the Kawat Malat a thing in this new era of Star Trek, Adam. Um, you know, because like, you know, compared to maybe something like the Tal Shiar, which was something that was introdu in introduced in like the next generation era. The Kawat Malat is a relatively new thing to Trek. Um, but and it's like this warrior nun order mm -hmm. uh, that uh, is supposed to be kind of badass and supposed to be sort of like got their own code they're almost jedi-esque um and so, they... So, but they were referenced they, sorry last week's episode they referenced picard um they did and, reference and picard the, yes and the and the um you know the, the ability to make you know a life form an android but so if that's the case and the club was introduced to us back in the Picard days. They've been around for almost a century. This is a established order now. Like they're they're out. Yeah, there. they've been around. 
Oh, they're st- they're established to be even older than that. Like they're sp- they're supposed to have been around for it, it's kind of like it's kind of like a retcon thing, I guess, is what the discussion is. Like they're sort of like uh they're an old Romulan order, but there's something we didn't really know about until recently in some of the newer shows. More specifically, what I'm getting at is that this is like an Alex Kurtzman sort of creative introduction, right? Like he him and and Michael, yeah, like it's it's kind of like I know you're not as up on Star Trek Picard, and I think that no, that uh, that's I, I, I remember them though. They were the the people who in the first episode murdered uh, the 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 boyfriend in the apartment. Right. Um, well, I think it was them, right? Or was it Tal Shiar? I think it was Tal Shiar. I think it was Tal Shiar. And the Kuat Malaf and the Tal Shiar are supposedly opposites they're not friends oh never mind those to tell share okay so well i mean then i obviously remember them the co-op a lot from last season of of right yeah when gabriel burnham like said surprise i'm alive in the 32nd century too michael burnham i also uh, time jumped here Uh, i mean i kind of liked them last season and then to to see them in full action this season is pretty cool Right, and they're 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 melee weapon kind of fighters. They fight with swords, not with phasers. That they they love a hopeless cause. That's sort of their other uh, thing that you really need to know about them is that if they can find a hopeless cause and they can attach themselves to the to it, they will. They mm-hmm. will find a way to defend it to the death. Uh, they are Saint Jude's um, advocates, um, but this one went a little too far with the murder of Patrick Fickett. Uh, and the and the theft of the dilithium because they're like we're given. The- hmm? I was gonna say in an amazing fight scene. Yeah, the opening fight. Like like wow, he 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 defended himself really well. He tried, but ultimately, um, and the fugitive as they will, like the, the Talani is that her name? Um. The one, the one that they're they're chasing throughout the episode, mm-hmm. um, Javini, Javini. I'm sorry, Javini is like this Kuat Malat who went rogue and stole the dilithium and killed the Federation officers and everything else, and then they beamed out. And then that you you see that that's kind of like the sequence, and that's kind of the crime that is the the um, sort of like the the catalyst for the episode. The, like that's that's what they're they're done, and then we get this meeting with. Uh, at Federation headquarters, we got President Rillick, we got President Tarina of Navarre, uh, Admiral Vance is there, we got Burnham, and they're all discussing this, and like they, they, they're trying to like kind of uh, put this all through. And what uh, what's said is that um, you know the Navarre, the unique ways of the Kuat Malat must be respected. The unique ways of the Kuat Malat must be respected. Yes. Um, which, which again, speaks to the credibility that they have. Like, you know, they're they're taking this effort to bring her back in, but, um, you know, as as the president said, this is very political. Do it right. Yes, and we also get this this uh, well, well, we're allies with you, Navarre. We're the Federation, and we love you. And they're like, well, we're more than allies. The pres- president, Tarina, says, you know, like we're 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 a hop, skip, and a, a jump from join rejoining the federation after more than a century of being like ex like we they they voluntarily left and we learned yeah. in season 3 that it was the the romulans were the ones who wanted to stay in the federation it was the vulcans who wanted to leave yeah. so th- this is kind of a big uh, a, a big deal uh bringing them back into the fold would 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 um significantly strengthen both groups 
And mm-hmm. so there's sort of like the politics of this that comes and sort of like the, the pragmatism that uh, has to be like kind of respected here at the end, because ultimately when they do catch up with Javini and they capture her, uh, they're like, well, we're, we're extraditing her back to Navarre. We kind of just hope that justice mm-hmm. is served, but you know, that's kind of like the price of politics It's kind of like the summary of this, of this storyline. Um, you know, like, can you accept sort of like not moral absolutism? Right. Because she's like, well, what about, what about poor Patrick Fickett and his kids and his partner and everything, you know, that he lost and what doesn't he deserve justice? I don't know. Well, it's that thing that the president said in the, two episodes ago about Burnham needing to be able to make the hard choices when you need to place, uh, put the interests and the safety and the good of the many over that of the few. Well, good point, Michael. And, uh, you know, and I think that's kind of like the conflict that ga- that Michael Burnham and this president, um, President Rillick are sort of having. Right. Like, I think that that's what we're going to continue to see explored. This is just one example among maybe mm-hmm. uh, many more that we're going to get over these next few episodes. Yeah, Adam, I, like, I, I, oh, go okay, ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say, I appreciated this arc because for me, it allowed this episode to feel more like old school Trek, where you have the kind of like the problem of the week. You know what I mean? Because 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 Trek has always been like even if there is an overarching story arc like in DS9 for example, uh, which you know gets brought up once in a while, you still every week there's a different issue, a different problem, a different thing that they have to solve or do or whatever. And this is this episode is where we because the last two was setting up the season, right? Yes, it's setting up the big overarching anomaly arc, the DMA. That, yeah, the DMA. But that has allowed us now to, while this DMA situation is happening in the background, still get our problem of the week. And this week, it's is the Guatemalat situation. Right. While still exploring the issues of the, gr- the grieving and the loss that they experienced two episodes ago. Right. And solving the gray, epi- the gray problem, getting that done. Which, which is great. And Saru's back. Yeah, yeah. They got to adjust to that, and uh, yeah, there's a few. There's a lot going on in this episode, quite frankly. To sort of, uh, yeah, to you know, was, yeah, big contrast of versus last week was you know how many characters were in this episode versus like, you know last week it was a cast of thousands almost, and this week it was what? smaller story. Well, um, we didn't well, even see the bridge crew. We didn't even no. see the bridge. We didn't even see the bridge. We didn't even go to the bridge once. No. No Detmer, no Awashikun, no, <laughs> no Reese, Bryce, no, no Reese, that other no guy. Wilson. Yeah, but it, but yeah. it worked. It was a good episode. It, no, it was great. It was it was and I was contained very much so, and I was very happy to see more of a role of Vance in this episode. Yeah. Yes, right. Um, so after this whole like big setup meeting that they have uh, about, okay, we're going to go, we're, we're sending you Burnham on this mission along with your mother, Gabriel Burnham, which I think they even say in the scene, like, this is her mother. Did you know that? <laughs> I think they have to explain that to somebody at some point. Well, they had to remind me. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. I was like, oh, right. Gabriel, yeah. Gabriel Burnham, who was uh, not murdered by Klingons, uh, you know, despite what season one said, um, 
you know, she escaped in the Red Angel suit and then she was kind of in that for a while. And then somehow I, I always have to kind of try to figure out like how she got from season three to to that or season two, I guess. Season two to season three. But is, some, yeah. It's the rain. Basically, it boils down to the Red Angel suit. Um, and uh, and so they're kind of sent on this mission together. Uh, meanwhile, uh, we get, uh, you know, a, a series of smaller scenes to kind of keep this opening of the episode moving. We got Saru and Tilly talking in the mess hall. Um, you know, she, he's like people, humans always like cheese Tilly, you know, she, cause she, she makes some comment about not liking cheese or something. Um, and, tried the mac and cheese and it didn't, it wasn't to her liking. And yeah, he's like, that's not a disorder. Don't worry. It's just rare. Um, clarity of purpose is difficult to achieve. That was also... a very funny scene, though. Actually, her mm -hmm. rationalizing what she's going through and her talking about her therapy, and I, I thought that, that it was, was great, clever dialogue in that. <laughs> I always, I always enjoy uh, Saru and Tilly on screen. I think that these two actors work well together, mm -hmm. um, and I think that um, I think that like. The, the crew is really starting to grow on me in terms of like just getting kind of used to them relating to each other. The more scenes we get between between these like main characters and the more you build upon that, the better. Well, speaking of that, then I thought that Stamets and Book after, you know, the awkwardness of last week, you know, that they were portraying. And then this week, the almost closeness that they have is very um you know they had such a big experience last week together and, and and now they're they're friends they're 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 buddies it seems yeah they well they, they get they, they get to add on to that with this one um with the whole i guess like they go to navarre together right mm -hmm. that's kind of what really but, happened but here. It, the opening scene was book working with him in engineering mm -hmm. if you remember that right yeah, like they don't really interact too much uh, in this in this engineering scene, really. No, but 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 there's but they're together. They're just together, and there's a definite concern by Stamets about his well-being. You know, you don't want to do this because you're going to have to relive it. You don't want to come with me, right? Even even he doesn't even know about the mind meld that's going to happen. No, right. Uh, yeah, so Stamets and Book in engineering was kind of the next scene. Uh, Stamets talked about his theory about the dark matter anomaly. He's kind of briefing Captain Burnham. Um, and yeah, they're like, we're, we're, we're partnering for this trip, as you mentioned. Uh, we also we also get the whole storyline with Gray and all of that happening over um, in sickbay because they're kind of finishing the new Android, organic Android body that has been developed. They kind of they set that up last episode so that Gray doesn't have to be this character that only Adira sees. Um, Guardian Z shows up, um, you know, uh, who had been set up in season three, um, and but in holographic form too. But they did mention Jintara, which uh, which had been explained on Deep Space Nine uh, at some point too. Like, what your Jintara? I am sure I have a clip of that somewhere, don't I? uh hijk no i don't um is it a, is it quark that says it i think it's quark that says it guys talk amongst yourself i can i was gonna say what i appreciated about this episode the dialogue 
was that when Gray would say his thoughts and ask Adira to translate uh, yeah, or yeah. to she tell them, Adira paraphrased. She did. Every time. Well, thank goodness. I don't want to... <laughs> That's what... I think I commented on that last week, Michael. It was... And I was going to say, they clearly heard you and did some <laughs> editing and last-minute reshoots just for you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Jintara, what's that? Tell me about Jintara. And so in Jintara, which was mentioned in this episode, is when uh, uh, like, like, a da- like a symbiote is, uh, or a host of a symbiote is able to kind of like put that consciousness of a past host into like another person, usually a close friend. And then they can kind of interact with that past personality based on their memories being sort of downloaded into another person. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what, that, how they kind of explain this with, um, with gray and tall and Adira, the fact, but what I, okay, this is the one part I don't really understand the fact that like by the end of this episode, gray has been like sort of downloaded over into this new body. But does Adira still have Gray's memories? I I hmm. think she would. I think she would have the memories. She just wouldn't have him. Like, just wouldn't have like this sort of active consciousness talking to her. That's what or, I assume. Yes. Or them uh, in their in their mind, like that's that's the the only like because that's not really talked about in the episode. So I, like I can't imagine. Because norm when uh, in the episode where Dax, uh, Jedzia Dax specifically, is talking to her past hosts, you know, at one point she she sort of uh, she downloads her 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 past memories of Curzon Dax into Odo, and then right. Curzon and Odo sort of like merge together and become this new personality, and uh, and it, and all of the Curzon's memories are gone. Like D- Jedzia doesn't have them anymore when that happens. Um, mm. And so that's that was the only part of this like whole thing where you I was think they they might not. I think Maybe. they're gonna have this is not over yet. We've got to have an episode where she is or sorry, Adira Adira is now going to be struggling with the difference uh, of not having you know. You mean, yeah. And this could be my, you said it last week, Michael, where Gray goes away, and I, I think this is the the beginning of that distancing gonna happen well right. well i mean it was brought up that that gray is you know could continue his training as a guardian yes so i think you know maybe you're right maybe whatever whatever uh dira is feeling you know their feelings could be what ends up you know requiring gray to go and, and follow his own path for a while before the two of them get back together yeah. right because the whole idea of like like my understanding and most of my understanding of like the symbiotes and the trill and everything that's been said this was largely established on Deep Space Nine because that was the only other show that had like a trill character other than this one. So they're also trying to kind of define well what what are the trill what are the trill for like the twenty first century Star Trek? Um, what do we what do we want to do with them? And uh, and I'm curious, like just from like, so how what are the rules of the symbiotes? What are the rules of the trill? How does this work? Because if now that Gray is like been sort of downloaded into this new body, that's fine. Um, and Gray was not the host of the Tall Symbiote for very long, like maybe a couple months. Yeah, you know, so is I'm what, curious to know what gray, what memories Gray has, if what, any. Yeah, is this Gray tall or is this just Gray? You right. Know, the, yeah. Uh, that's that. That, that there. I think that there's uh, some interesting things that the writers 
can do with that. You know, this is, they have a lot of potential to sort of do whatever they want to with this character or not, uh, like how they want Gray and Adira to relate to each other or to sort of be diverged from one another, I think is sort of open to um, whatever they want to do with it. I just, I'm, I just hope it's good, you know, like anything. Um, I just don't know if there's room for Gray in this show, you know, after, after this happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, maybe not. Like, so well, let's come back to that. Um, we also had uh, in the next scene, Saru and Burnham, they were doing their walk and talk down the hallway, uh, the, down the corridor. And this is where Saju, Saru suggests that Tilly be uh, the, the tactical officer for this mission. You know, like, let her use her political skills, he says. Right. Because he's trying to, like, help uh, Tilly with some of the, I guess, her personal issues that she's dealing with. She mentioned she's kind of feeling down, depressed. It may or may not be related to that uh, Osira in season three kind of, you know, telling her she was the worst captain ever. Um, and so so I, I really I do. I do like this. I think it's, it, it really helps the Saru character. Uh, not that he needs a lot of help, but, uh, you know, I'm finding I'm, I'm just liking Saru more and more. Saru, um, Saru is is a is a mentor, but also like a father figure to her. I, I that became very evident to me last season, and I think it's they're doing a good job continuing it along. Mm -hmm. And as far as Tilly, I, I don't think she was that broken up over Osira, but you know, it came in in the first episode of this season where she was on that station that was under attack, and um, really saw that. I think where she just lost, like really suffered her, her something that put her over that edge yeah like i i i do enjoy saru uh in this sort of you know like i think he's a capable captain character i like i i think that the, i think him as the first officer burnham as the captain i want more of this i want more of this dynamic yeah. where he's giving yeah. her like subtle pointers like nudging her in the right direction wherever possible you know and i think that mm -hmm. this was one of the while also helping Tilly, which is, you know, a, a character he cares about. I think that like for start, I think the Star Trek needs a crew to care about each other. I think the discovery crew uh, and the actors behind them um, are getting there, you know, each season because they, they have been on sort of this roller coaster together going, uh, you know, from different plot lines, seasons, settings, centuries, even uh, <laughs> and trying to like kind of find their way with each other. And so I, I did, I did really enjoy this move um, to sort of like, you know, you know what character I think for, for me has totally evolved and I didn't like him in the first couple seasons with Stamets. I, 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 I they made him unlikable too. I get that, but he has come a long way and you know, the empathy that he's showing now, even for book tonight, I think that was really um, a different role, like from where he was three seasons ago. Yeah, like Stamets on Navarre is the other kind of like, you know, storyline. And like, I think that they're, they're they're always trying to kind of figure out what to do with Stamets, right? Because mm -hmm. he's supposed to be sort of like this sarcastic, dickish kind of guy who's smarter than everybody else. But that hasn't necessarily made him the, the most popular character in all of Star Trek yet. Um, and so I think they're, you know, like, what is, what, who is Paul Stamets and what is, how does he fit in? He's obviously brilliant. Like, I think that that's kind of just established. But, mm -hmm. you know, like, how does, how does he, and his relationship with Culber is strong and he's got a strong connection to Adira. And now Book is this one that they're kind of building upon, you know? And I think that the, uh, um, 
that's good. Although I guess it's him and Michael that have the least amount of connection still, right? Of all these main characters on the show. Like it seems like Michael Burnham and, and Stamets have had the least amount of interactions or least amount of important things. And they kind of set that up at this at the end of season three, where they were like, "Well, Stamets is going to be really pissed off at Burnham for kind of choosing duty <coughs> duty over, you know, saving somebody's life or saving Culber or Adira," and they haven't really pursued that at all into this fourth season. They kind of just mm-hmm. abandoned that um, because maybe they thought, and I think rightly so, that that's only going to make Stamets more unlikable, or that's not going to like in, unless you're going to make him be a villain or a, a full heel. Um, I think you he has to try to get along. I don't think they. I hope they don't do that. I I don't I don't like when there's like somebody among the crew kind of causing discord or making waves. I, we don't need that. To your point, we need a crew that cares for each other. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's definitely just stronger if that's the case, you know. Like I think conflict between characters when it merits it is worth is worthwhile, but don't try to force it. Yeah, but you um, have all the external conflict that always hit them every episode. So I mean, like they got enough to deal with. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and so like I, I they're doing more like even in these like through three episodes, I'm liking Stamets more than I've liked him in the other previous three seasons. In these, I, so I've liked him more in these three episodes. Than the previous three seasons. So I think they're trying to tweak him writing wise. And I think he's trying to like change his performance a little bit too. Yeah. And, I did uh, find him the more annoying side of him to be a little bit graining when he was on Navarre. I, I mean, that one liner, you know, about science and sleep was good. And I, I giggled, but outside of that, just his, I was, I felt like I understood why he was desperate, but. I just felt like the the writing for that just part that section. Just yeah, that, that science seems... first, nap later. Yeah, just he got really snippy, like really snarky, and I I wasn't I wasn't expecting that. But I, but I think it's it's also his character to be like he cannot rest until he knows what the cause oh, of the issue. Is. Absolutely. Um, I just I, I don't. I just found that just a little bit annoying. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, just one little criticism. Well, and you you can have it for sure. It, it's it's interesting because even even now, so I mean, you've got him being basically discredited. Your theory is not going to hold water. Everybody's telling him that now, but I, I don't think he's going to yeah. let it go. No, he'll never let it go. Um, let it go until he figures it out. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with him being snippy and sort of like maybe a little bit more of a. Um, a misanthrope but um i also want but we also have to see him as a hero and i think he has to just be all i think for i what i always looking for is like the selflessness and what i my conflict with often with the stamets character is he kind of puts family ahead of mission um you know like maybe more you know and, that, and i think that that's a conflict that other star trek characters have had to deal with because you know we have different relationships but like it seems like it's always about culber it's always and now adira since season three but like um and not that he shouldn't be concerned with those things but that you know when you're talking about the fate of the entire galaxy maybe uh, well this episode the annoying part was more like he had to be right i'm like if people are and i just i don't know he was a little disrespectful towards the, especially when they have such a, a delicate diplomatic position with navarre right you know what i mean like they have to be good with them 
And you know, here here's Burnham going off and trying to do that her mission right, and, and then Stamets just goes and like essentially insults the scientists. <laughs> Almost like, of our scientists too. He's like, yeah, these all these these brilliant Vulcan and Romulan scientists that. Uh, that you know basically we need your help uh it's like hey listen like i don't yeah it's it's i think that's just i was okay with it because i'm like that's just consistent you, you know what it's, it's consistent but he's grown which is why i was surprised that of his severeness of the reaction i i expect him to be a little snippy it's just not i was worried that 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 would lead to like like the mission failing or something right yeah adam just a point of you know how the episode so you've got everybody like sort of is a hologram but and but you know uh stamets and and book had to go and i i just i'm not liking this whole hologram stuff you know they weren't holograms they were no, just no, but all, the, all the all the vulcan scientists were i thought they were just beaming in and out yeah i thought they were beaming in and out were they that's what I think like. so. It's hard to tell the difference sometimes. Like when, when that Guardian Z shows up and then you see him sort of flicker, that's the only way you know he's a hologram, I guess. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. That he's not really there. But I got the impression that those that the Navarre Science Council or whatever they were, they were actually present until they beamed out. Okay. Yeah. Were, I'm sorry then. I, I got the impression they were just holograms. It, it, it's completely understandable because it's yeah. it, like the, now when you beam in and beam out, it's not like like kind of like a prolonged the, transporter the, the, effect. Right, the shimmer and the sound. The shimmer and that doo-doo-doo. And like, you know, it's like 10 seconds of like sound effect and 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 thing. Now it's just like beam. It's like it's like it's like it's like a flash. It's instant. Yeah. yeah. Which is, you know, it's the 32nd century. So we can kind of accept that. I'm the old grumpy guy that, you know, doesn't like the new technology. Well, I think it's just not what we're used to. We're not you like we're used to sort of a beam in and beam out having a bit more um uh, it's more of an event i guess you know and now it's like it's it's almost like walking from one room to the next uh like we kind of talked about it last week where stamets you know he just walks up from engineering to the bridge through his like personal transporter um like it's nothing you know and it is nothing right so when people choose to walk and talk that's more of an effort if they're walking like when saru and michael were like walking down the hallway earlier on he's like you should take tilly on the mission i'm like I'm the fact that you. these two chose to use their legs and walk down the hall and talk to each other. That's, that's to good job. Good job. Also, sir. I'm guaranteeing you it's their badge pedometer. Okay. Yeah, their pedometers get, built into their com badges. Their Starfleet steps. Yeah. Um, yeah. So remember when, when, yeah. Um, they used to run on the ship at disco. Yeah, yeah disco shirts and everything else. Like, I, they they might still do it, but uh, you know, it's 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 definitely something that that it's not. It just doesn't come with the territory. It's not a necessity. It's not like it's just it's a, it's an elective. Um, let's get back over to the other storyline. So Tilly and Burnham, they're suited up. They're in like their sort of uh, their away team armor. Uh, that we we've seen the, these new like kind of outside suits, um, and um, and uh, the Quat Malat nun is there. This is where you know Tilly is saying like I, I I'm so sorry that we're gonna have to like arrest your 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 fellow nun. I'm so sorry. Not that um, not that it's good that your sister is getting arrested. Obviously, that's not that's not good. That's that's bad. That's not good at all. That's very bad, Tilly. Um, but she, you know, but, but Burnham's mother, Gabriel, uh, she's like, you know, we're not going in there with phasers 
And she's like, well, no, I'm not going. We're, you can't ask to, us to go in there unarmed. So they give Burnham and, uh, and Tilly swords, you know, which Tilly immediately uh, drops uh, because of her moisturizer. I moisturized my hands this morning. Apologies. Yeah. I love that. Uh, <laughs> so, and they're getting into some like sword fights in this episode. Yeah. You know? and, they're, and they're not, they're not trained with this. Come on. No, no. Especially not Tilly. No. Like, I don't like, you know, she's not Sulu. Who... <laughs> no, she's not Sulu. No. <laughs> um, my, my, wor- my least favorite Star Trek character of all time. <laughs> Is he? Yeah, I think so. Seriously? Yes. Uh, Michael, oh, we'll talk about it another time, but Dave knows why. I, I'm just. What? Um, do I know why? Yeah, I think you do. Anyway, okay. we'll talk about it later. This is so outside my comfort zone. Yeah. Um, and then we get into like, there's like a full blown sword fight that kind of breaks out pretty early in the episode because they get like ambushed, right? By, um, Javini and like a couple of the other Kuat Malats. They beam in, they just start swinging swords and they're going at it and they're, they're fighting it out and, uh, stabbing one another. Even one of, um, one of like Gabriel's like fellow Kuat Malat gets killed in the whole thing. Um, she's, you know, Javini warns them to choose to live. I don't want to shed more blood. Um, and I don't know. It's, uh, it's kind of cool. I don't dislike it, but it's also, it's very quick. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot to break down. There's like so many stories in this, in this episode. Uh Back over to Gray and Adira. Like they, it's after the transfer, and Gray is not waking up right away. You know, but the warning was there. Remember, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they said did, they did warn it could fail. It could fail. Yeah, uh, this whole like sequence where like I'm Adira has kind of hoping it would fail, honestly, because you know I got, I want Gray to be off the ship, so. Um... <laughs> But since when, like, w- since when do they have fireplaces on Discovery? Uh, like this, like really, like kind of uh, warm uh, lounge with like fireplaces. Is this this is just like the mess hall on Discovery, right? I guess. Why not? Well, I'm not saying they can't have it. I'm just like this was new. You know, Dave. Let's get back to uniforms. That that medical uniform looks fantastic. I know. Uh, yes, yeah, I'm in love it with does it. Look good, doesn't it? Yeah, it's pretty freaking amazing. Um, it's a great. I I love. Uh, I I actually my least favorite is the blue. Is the science division. I think it's just a little too dark. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wish it was just a bit of a brighter blue. But um, it, but overall, I, I I am really enjoying the new uniforms. Um, and uh, they really are working in scenes, and even um, the actor who plays Culber here, um, I'm trying to remember his name off the top of my head, um, Wilson Cruz, he he's ta- he talks about how much he likes these new uniforms uh, better because the ones they had to wear in like season one and two, they were not very forgiving. He's like, I had to go on a serious diet, especially mine because his has always has been white since the beginning, and there's. The- <laughs> um and so yeah like it's it's been uh it's been good but there's sort of this whole period where they don't know if it's gonna work they talked about the risks of like the transfer and the fact that gray might not might kind of go into oblivion this might not work at all um and uh and sort of the waiting and i can kind of relate to that like if you've ever had a loved one that's been like gone through a surgery or you you know you're waiting them to like kind of come out of it like i think like that's kind of like what this was about uh in, in this whole sequence like sort of just 
the the uncertainty, like having to wait and just kind of have faith that it's going to work out. And uh, I, I I really like you know, and and Saru says it as much to Culber in this episode. He's like, you know, you do a really good job, man. Like you're like you're a great doctor, but you're also like a good ship's counselor. Um, and I agree with that. I think that that Culber has a lot to give in this show. Um, Culber is still, I think, I've like I was sad when they killed him off. I was kind of glad when they brought him back. I wasn't necessarily in for all of like the the aches and pains of his resurrection and his sort of uh, breakup with Stamets. That was kind of a part of that, you know, uh, especially the second season. But um, like I always, I always enjoy Culber's sort of role that they give him in the show. And uh, this episode was kind of a continuation of that. Absolutely. He's become the, the caring father figure, but also very loving. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I, 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 that was, that was cool. Um, he seems, he's like the doctor everybody would like to have, I think. Yeah. But his, we got to see more of the father role. Yes. This season. Cause last season, you know, uh, we, I, I think we commented that in some ways it was quick. Like, I mean, we see Stamets and Adira, right? The formation of the family. And then, you know, like two episodes later, it's like, it's my, you know, we're a whole big family. And there wasn't that kind of build up. So I felt that this episode allowed us to see Culber's relationship. Right. You know, with his, his adopt, essentially his adoptive kids. Right. Right, yeah, like, and and Stamets isn't there for it, and then like, like kind of does like, like thinking if you want to think of like Stamets and Culber and Adira, and I guess Gray as like sort of this family, this sort of makeshift family. The t-shirts um, they're selling would say they are. They are. Yeah. They're selling t-shirts <laughs> that say they are. So it's they're, they're, they're yes, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, I was on StarTrekShop.com and looking at their t-shirts <clears throat> right but uh maybe so was that like a was that a mistake me leaving stamets out of discovery for this episode and putting him on this mission with book then because he's not around for all these no events? no i think this is great <laughs> especially yeah. if you to to get without stamets to see how colbert deals with his kids well colbert yeah yeah and like they are kind of like his they, they are kind of like children to especially to maybe to Culber, uh, who maybe plays more of a, a motherly role um, in like this family dynamic. Um, in a way, I mean, in they a can way, both be mommies and daddies. I mean, yeah, they can I, go I look at Culber and I'll be like, daddy, sorry, daddy. Sorry. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So back over, like, cause like everything's kind of shifting. I'm kind of going in chronological order of what happened in the episode. And then, um, uh, in that uncertainty while they're waiting for like to see if gray is going to wake up or not uh tilly and burnham and gabriel they kind of they beam into this planet they find this alien they can't identify uh it's kind of like their scanners like don't know this one and uh and and should burnham give the this fugitive uh navini is that her name uh give her the benefit of the doubt or not you know because that's kind of what gabriel's pulling for she's like i know her i was her hopeless cause once. she's the one who nursed me back to help but she's like that's fine but she killed that starfleet officer and we gotta we gotta bring her to justice mom and, yeah, you know, yeah but that that's sort of unlike burnham uh, honestly you know i i, I can't I, it is unlike her 
Yeah, and, and and maybe the president's talk did good to her or something. It was changed her her mindset. But um, yeah, I found it funny that she kept going back to that. We got to bring her back for for justice. She, it doesn't sound like burnout. She she is evolving. Or maybe she like she kind of I don't know. She kind of talks out both sides of her mouth when it comes to her mother. I think you know like or like do as I say, not as I do. Um, I was also kind of getting that impression sometimes with Burnham because Burnham like does one thing and says another um, a little bit like, I don't know, like, like her conflict with her mother, I think is her whole relationship with her mother is like something I I don't really know what to do with or know how to feel about yet. Um, I mean, I was okay with it this episode, but I don't think she's going to be around enough for you to worry about that. Yeah, I mean, I think this was the episode that we're seeing her in. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm worried about it. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about: do I want more of this or not? No. Do I want to? Do I want this no. character back? No. Like maybe I'm every. Okay. I'm okay with seeing her again because we'll probably see the Kuat Malat again, but oh, hopefully yeah. not, not a lot. <clears throat> Never mind. <laughs> tried the pun there. Malat a lot. Malat a lot. The quiet Malat a lot. Yeah, because like um, they find the alien and they come in and then they. they I, th- I thought it was kind of weird how they took that like that turbo lift that was like really kind of really strange up to the top and then they're kind of figuring that out. But then um, like there's this whole sequence where like she's taken hostage by Navini, right? Um, and Navini take you know puts a, a sword to her throat, and so Burnham has to like, don't kill my mom, and I'm trying to like get out of this situation, and um, and obviously like Burnham's mother has this connection to this fugitive as well, so it's not even that she's just holding a knife to some stranger's throat. There's a there's more of a connection here. She doesn't even know about the connection between Burnham and Gabrielle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so there's kind of a lot going on here, and I was kind of like, yeah, but did you ever get the impression that Gabrielle was even like she was never afraid that she was going to die in this scene? Like she just was stood there and was able to take it, no problem. Well, That's yeah, I, I, training, right? Right. If the Kawamalot are supposed to be a noble order, then it would seem weird for her to kind of murder her in cold blood like this. <laughs> Um, because we're everything that's being presented here is that Navini is like sort of maybe misguided, but is not necessarily a uh doing this for villainous purposes, like has has a um has their own rationale as to why she's pursuing this 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 path and why she's had the actions that she's had. And so I wasn't that concerned or afraid for Gabrielle in this whole sequence here, where I was like, okay, like Burnham's gotta kind of choose between duty and her mother and a few other things here but really i yeah i wasn't i didn't feel like the, i didn't feel like the danger i didn't feel necessarily the stakes of it no agree with that but we got we got the backstory we understand why she's doing what she's doing now we did uh that what was she, she came across them and she had to move them what was it like that that like this alien race that was like in a sleeper ship that was also a planet if i'm remembering this correctly um she found she came across them the javini that is and she couldn't reveal what was the deal guys explain this to me i didn't understand it because i was like what it was going why why so, did so Navini have reason, to steal she, the dilithium 
Oh, because she wanted to give them a, a way to get away from the the, the right the anomaly. But the anomaly. they're only giving dilithium to civilizations, to planets, to governing bodies. They're not giving dilithium to individual people. Okay. So if I if I if I a Navarian, let's say, walked in and not representing my planet, I'm walking in like I need dilithium. They won't give it to me. But if I was the mayor of Navartown, I was like, my town is is messed up. I need, can we get some extra lithium? They may say yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I understood that part of it. But then it was like, well, this kind of was on behalf of a whole species. But I guess like it was almost like a confidentiality thing, like that. Well, yeah, because 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 she's because their bodies had uh, uh, latinum. Had so, la had latted them. Is it yes. their bodies or them? They no, basically they the they grave did. robbers. The, their their bodies are very valuable. They're essentially money. So oh. that's when the people are trying to kill them, or at I least go up on that and raid yeah. them. So it was the latinum. I forgot if it was in their body or if it's in some part of that shit. Whatever. No, it's no, latinum. It, it sounds like it's was... latinum. It was inside the body somehow. Inside the body. Their firefighter had high concentrations <laughs> of latinum, which proved a magnet for grave robbers. Okay. Yeah. So she she was worried that if she uh, uh, revealed everything, somehow it would get out there and reveal the location of the ship to allow more grave robbers to come and and, and she can't defend against that many. It explains here, yeah. Javini kills the grave robbers. She covered the body with her cloak, and, and she took the cause. And uh, as long as she was breathing, she would find a way to protect them. So this is all about that. Um, and the revelation of the, of the anomaly. Sorry. Yeah, so meanwhile, you know, Burnham is able to start the, 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 the cryo tubes again and say, oh, they're going to wake up in 20 minutes. <laughs> well, it seems like they didn't have to have all this conflict, right? No. You know, necessarily. Well, I mean, the difference would be that Navini doesn't have the technical know-how nor the hollow, uh, yes. I don't know, tricorder technology. Because I assume that the badge is also a tricorder now, so it could tap into whatever it is and try to, because it's adaptive technology too, it could try to then translate what it's reading into a, something that Burnham can figure out as well. And then, and then she could use her technical know-how to solve the problem right so it comes back to the whole thing that we get from every episode why don't you just ask us for help you know they, they, they're well, happy I mean, to... the whole point was that she was worried that no i understand it, why yeah it just it, just, it seems I know. Like, yeah well i don't think she even thought about the 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 cryostasis problem period true because burnham kind of was like well this is what i'm thinking let, let me check. That's why she's like, "Well, you have until until Tilly fixes it. Because if it's not, or or she doesn't yeah. have enough time, then just kill her mom." Right. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to mention too was like the fact that this was like a moon ship. The whole, the whole moon was a was a was a starship, right? That story was cool, actually. I, that would be an awesome episode, actually, to learn more about that. Yeah, I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Hold the phone. The moon is a ship." Yeah. And why are they in stasis? And what happened? Like, why are they all moving together? Is it very interesting? 
yeah, I thought that there was a little bit untapped potential there. Um, and everything else. Uh, back on Navarre, uh, the council has come out of their, their nap time. And they explained to Stamets that the absence of tachyons means that his hypoth- hypothesis remains unproven because he's he's got a very specific theory around the dark matter anomaly. Uh, he insists that it has to be some kind of primordial wormhole as of all the other factors fit. Um, and they chide him for his emotional response. And Tarina suggests that a mind meld might be the way to solve this. It's always about a mind meld. Vulcans love their mind melds, Adam. <laughs> But why not? They they get a lot done with these. It, it solves a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, and so, so, so Tarina does does as as much. Um, brings him sort of into this mind meld to kind of figure out: Did he see any tachyons when I, he was? Uh, can I just say I love the whole procedure of the mind meld every time, like whether it be Spock doing it or or a new a new, a new Vulcan doing it. I, I just love it. I love that. The absolutely intimacy of it the the connection the way they put the hands on the face just everything about it i think it's fantastic i thought that the way they did it in this episode in particular was one of the best or most uh my favorite version of like sort of a transition from the mind meld right into it because it kind of like she goes my mind to your mind and there's sort of like this dissolve effect and then mm-hmm. we kind of go into this ether i was like that was really well done i was like that's a really cool like transition yeah it was mind. also very cool in in um Star Trek 2009, where where, where Spock, old Spock, um, yeah, Leonard Nimoy, Spock, and uh, and Chris, Chris Pine, Kirk. Yeah, that was that was a very cool transition too. Yeah, it was it was actually probably the closest to that that we've seen maybe in any version since yeah. Um, yeah. or before. Yeah, like so that that was kind of neat. And then you know, like the whole there was a lot of emotion that was part of this mind meld um, as well um ultimately kind of culminates in his like his nephew here like and kind of like you know him looking back at him and this nephew's dead right he's not coming back no he's dead no he's he's dead he's got to be dead like the quajon were wiped out here by this anomaly and so i think i i they the reason i'm bringing it up is like they are they're putting a lot of stakes into this with with uh with the book character i'm like but i think it's done now yeah, you know, he got his closure tonight. He saw something that he was was tormenting him, and now he, he I think he's through it. Yeah, until uh, season five, when this kid's trauma actually allows his consciousness to, I don't know, pick up all the pieces of Quajon, and then now it's a new universe-ending threat, and they have to neutralize this kid. Yeah. There you go. And, and, and he's the, he's the new Sukal. He's the new Sukal. He's gonna have the new bird. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like I was kind of, I was like. <laughs> I guess my yeah my my thought here too being like if they're going to like kill off this kid and like gr- create all these emotional stakes for book I'm like just stick with it like don't try to undo this um, I don't think they will don't bring him back like Culper uh, you, know, you, know. you know what else was cool during that mind melt scene is like you know she was done she got what she needed but he wanted to go further and and she allowed it yeah yeah that was that was really nice of her I mean I think in a way she knew what he needed. Yeah, and the I thought the inter- yeah, like I thought the interesting say, they could feel emotion, right? So, well, yeah, the whole thing between it. Book and 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 Tarina, where she, he, you know, she's like for you for you being a Quijon, emotion is as natural as like as is oxygen, right? And and he's like, I thought the Vulcans don't even have emotion. She's like, Oh no, we have lots of emotion. So they were learning a lot, sort of about each other, and sort of mm-hmm. like finding a way to understand each other despite being almost complete opposites from each other. 
yeah. you know. But um, this is the coolest thing. Like mind melds are like, you know, there's always somebody who's in pain or needs stability. Like I, I'm thinking of the 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 Picard, um, Sarek mind meld. You know, when when he helped him through the conference the, to give him give him order in his life again when he was suffering. You know, I, I just think it's it's such a great great premise. I you know how they ever came up with that one. That's awesome. Yeah, like I. I, I think that that's often what I look for for Star Trek is what can I learn from this and what can other what can the characters learn from each other and I thought, I thought that was a sort of a nice moment um, mm -hmm. between them and sort of uh, like we're saying like you know book and Stamets getting closer and sort of learning from each other and then this you know Tarina keeps popping up like she's almost as recurring as Vance at this point um, and uh, you know like I, I well I, I think that, that they're working towards you know the Navarre coming into the Federation again. This is going to be a big event. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, like, for sure. And like, and then they'll just screw it up right at the last minute. They're, they're setting us up for disappointment, I, I fear. Um, yeah, but the whole... I thought that this was good. I, I I thought in particular the stuff with Book and 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 everything on Navarre was, 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 was well done. Um... And then back over to the moonship. Um, what is there to kind of cover here? Like, basically, they get her to stand down. She lets her go. She takes the sword away. And she's like, and she's arrested. And she's arrested. And then they move along and they kind of grieve for the fallen Kuat Malat people who have died on this mission. And what am I forgetting? The whole, the whole choose to live. Um, they say we're gonna act, and then we have a comment. So, I'm, I'm... oh, we do. What T-shirt does Michael Chan wear now with full screen? Oh, let's bring that up. So, <laughs> Saitaba, One Punch Man. One Punch Man. I've heard of One Punch Man. Oh, it's a great anime and a great manga. Yeah, I, I'm not. A, I'm not a, as much of an anime guy <laughs> myself, but yeah. Hey, thank you, uh, Pete's. Yeah, this was like the pacing of this episode was very like not necessarily action packed, but had a lot of like sort of emotional character development, right? More mm -hmm. than anything. Um, and then ultimately, I guess the payoff for the episode. Well, there's kind of a couple things that happen here. There's the whole thing with like the pragmatism of like you know hurt her, her, you know at the end here where Michael Burnham's talking to Admiral Vance like. Do you think this was a good move, extraditing, uh, you know, Tavini over to Navarre and like not allowing justice to be served on our watch? And he's like, listen, like that president, um, what's her name, Rita, the Federation president, um, Rillick, Federation president, Rillick, you know, she's she's looking at the whole picture, guys. She's looking mm -hmm. at the whole at the whole game. She's 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 a. Uh, She's looking at it from. She's the conductor in the symphony. Symphony was the metaphor he was using, um, and, uh, and you know we're you know if, if she tells us to stop playing the strings, we're gonna stop playing the strings. That's what you gotta learn. You know, and I don't know if Michael Burnham's ever really gonna learn that, but uh, we're gonna see how that plays out because I feel like that will definitely come. That that will either prove to be true or it will not. Mm -hmm. You know. Uh, meanwhile, we also had sort of a scene here at the end with, uh, you know, where, where Saru and Tilly come together. 
where he was very afraid of her uh, spritzing something she shouldn't be. Don't touch the plants. Um, there was references to the Kaminar sea frog. Uh, and uh, just sort of a resolution of her getting put on this mission and her thanking him. You know what, uh, Dave, 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 one thing, coming back to the, the Vance uh, Burnham conversation, you know, yep. they haven't explained the, the political structure here, but there's very, it's very clear that the military is an arm of, not even an arm, they're just a tool of the, of the, the president. You know, and they're following her orders. So yes. she must be like a commander in chief type figure. Um, yes. And, and we haven't seen that in Star Trek, recent Star Trek since, I guess, I'm trying to think now. But anyway, it doesn't matter. But it, it's it's back. Well, I guess Deep Space Nine would be the, uh, the the use of the Federation president in Star Trek has been sporadic. Okay. Like the the, mm -hmm. main, the first um, on-screen use is in Star Trek VI, uh, where Kurtwood Smith played that Federation president. Um who uh, he says this this president is not above the law and it come you know while uh, whether or not they're going to try to um, rescue Kirk and McCoy from the from Murapente extradition again another extradition question um, the next ex example is in D Space Nine season four where we got Jerish Inyo uh, where uh, it's the whole like Dominion and the Changeling crisis and whether or not like martial law is justified whether or not but in that episode. They do more to establish that the president, much like the U.S. United States president, because I think that they're always thinking like we're presenting this to American viewership and their understanding is the president is sort of the head of the military because that's yeah. uh, how it works. And so, yeah, like it's presented like, yeah, like the, this Federation president, Rillick, she's the superior officer to Admiral Vance. He's just he follows her orders ultimately um, for better or worse. You know, that's how it's being sort of portrayed. Um, we and we you just have to kind of hope that this president is got the right idea. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but you know, like there's also just the underlying thing is the extradition always pisses somebody off. Like somebody's mad that they didn't get their justice. You know? And yeah. Right. Um now but Michael Burnham, I think, in this episode did did well just to leave it alone and walk away. Yep, I agree. She, she, yeah, she's she's like, I don't like it, but I'm not necessarily going to, um, I'm not necessarily going to fight it. Uh, you know, it's, but I don't, I don't know. There's, so we're going to see, I think that this is good. There's going to be like maybe a series of smaller things like this that are going to build up as we head to the finale. Mm -hmm. But that was sort of like what happened last season with her, wasn't it? When, when she just said, I'm tired of following the rules. Yeah. Well, last season it was about it was about yeah not not going with the chain of command and and doing just like her own thing. This season is more about balancing yeah. responsibility as a captain. I definitely see a change in her. Like I see that she's trying to be less impulsive, less of like a hero, less of a martyr. But she hasn't cried in two episodes, by the way. Who's that? She hasn't cried in two episodes. She cried a bit for book. For his like his, oh, yeah, his yeah, grief yeah. and and like the destruction of Quajon, but yeah, like she doesn't cry. She hasn't been crying quite a, as much. Uh, if you read the comments in Facebook about Michael Burnham, it's always about the salt of her tears and all these things. But um, yeah, like she they're they're doing a little bit less of that. I'm kind of, like I I'd rather like her be a bit more of a nuanced character than like sort of like an absolute moral purist, which she's sort mm -hmm. of been portrayed to at certain times. Um, 
yeah. So I'm kind of curious to see where this goes. I like this relationship between Rillick and Burnham. I'm like, where is this going? And where does Vance fit in? Because he's like in the middle of this chain of command. Um, oh, it's odd that the president's talking to a captain. You know, it just you know she should be dealing with the admiral. That's it. Yeah, like they have a pretty you know this is, the Federation's big. It's not like a small nation state. Um, so yeah. It's but there's the Paul Burnham for what for better or worse is she's at the, she's very close to like sort of like the, the main the, the big events that are happening. Discovery is important uh, because it's this ship that can go anywhere and they can send anywhere instantly. And that is the only thing, even in this 32nd century where they have all this advanced technology, Discovery still stands apart from the rest of the fleet. So that's the only real like sort of on screen explanation rationale I can give to it. Yeah. Um, uh, and then to close out the episode, well, there's kind of two things. Well, the main, you know, there was book in Burnham and Sickbay, or sorry, in the quarters. But in Sickbay, Gray wakes up and gets the new body. And there's kind of like this this whole like happy moment that they get Gray and Adira. Um, you know, uh, promises to hug Z in person. Um Gray, Gray feels whole again and home and just, you know, it's just kind of, this just the scene was just kind of gratitude, I'd say more than anything. There wasn't really much more set up here. It's just like, okay, where are we going to go from here? Off the ship. <laughs> Out of the show. You, you know, see you later, Jiminy Cricket. We got you. <laughs> we got you a new body. And, uh, and and to finish out, we had um, we had Book and Burnham in bed, kind of looking up at the forest of Quaishan, and you know, kind of saying how how he's moving past some of his grief. Um, he's wearing his amulet again, um, and you know, which was kind of the, something he hadn't even worn when Quaishan was still here. But he's kind of returned and come to peace with like sort of of that part of things. Um, and then sometimes that's all we get, he says. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just kind of look up and that's the end of the episode. They kind of, yeah. you know, it, it wasn't as much of like a, like, in terms of like other episodes we've gotten in discovery or even in the last two episodes where there's been sort of like this big, huge cliffhanger or where are we going from here or something major. It was just like, no, there's kind of like, just kind of a, this episode was kind of a quieter character development focused episode with some conflicts more, more specifically this whole Kuat Malat fugitive story. But even that is sort of like maybe undershadowed by you know the stuff going on with Stamets and Book on Navarre, and as well as Adira and Gray and, and Culber. Um, and I feel like next week is going to be a big episode of action, big story, cliffhanger. Lots. Of I suspect you're right, but that's not necessarily what I'm. I'm. I'm hungry for. Like I would be okay if like the next episode was something smaller as well. Like um, the the next episode is called "All Is Possible." So we, anything's possible. We could get anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael, what do you think the next episode might be about? Where do you see this going next? I wonder if we're going to... Let's see. Saru mentioned that uh, the Kelpians are going back into space. Yeah, they did mention that in this episode that they're returning to the stars, uh, probably so because of his they, little speech in the last episode. But so, so could this lead to us go, going back there? 
or they might write into a, like, like a, a, a um, what's this planet called? Kaminar. Because uh, remember, Kaminar. Yeah. there's yeah. two species on on Kaminar. There's the Kelpians, and then there's those weird like squid ink guys uh, who live right. in the ocean. The, the other, the other ones, the other guys. Um, so, like, how are uh, and just how how that how is that going to work in terms of space exploration with those two different species trying to explore space together? I could, like, if, if Discovery ran into one of those ships, uh, that could be kind of fun to see. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'm like on Internet Movie Database looking at the screenshot they they have and going, hmm, is that on Discovery or is that somewhere else? <laughs> I I don't know. They showed um, Tilly and uh, Adira. That's like the preview for the next one. That's the photo they have in Internet Movie Database. Tilly and Adira, they're doing something together. All they're is possible. Something. Yeah. Any theories, my, uh, Adam? Uh, well, I, they're gonna they're gonna deal with the, the gray character for sure. Well, yeah, we'll, definitely. We'll we'll get more of that. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> but beyond, it could be anything, really. Like, it, it, it well, can, all is possible. I mean, yeah, all is possible. possible. We, we all is to, possible, guys. We're gonna have to like the backdrop. Every episode is gonna be the anomaly. Well, yeah, right. I think that we're always it's gonna be referenced in every episode, whether it's a, a major part of the story or not. Like because that's just I think the way they do it. Um, just like the burn was in season three. Everything was about the burn, even when it's not about the burn, it's still about the burn. Kind of like in the first season, everything was about the Klingon War. Even when it wasn't about the Klingon War, it was. And season two, I guess it was all about the Red Angel and the anomalies and whatever. And um, whether Spock was a murderer or not, which they referenced here in this episode. Um, yeah, so like that's kind of like that's just the the way Discovery works. There's always like this bigger story, and then we'll kind of fit in these smaller stories. Where yeah, I'm like I'm I'm good with the smaller stories too. I, I I am. I just think that the next week will be more fast paced than this 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 week and last week was. I see what yeah. you mean. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I I I mean, I won't be disappointed if it was slower paced, but yeah, I I think you're right. I think now things are going to start pushing forward a lot faster, especially since like what we're three episodes in of 13. Uh, well, yeah, we're four, three episodes in, there will be 13 total. So uh, yeah, we, we got to start picking up the pace and we know that discovery at least last season was able to wrap up a bunch of stuff pretty quickly. Yeah. And we, we still need to see jet Reno. We do. I saw, her, I saw her in like a preview, so I know she's she was in like the yellow. Uh, yeah, I know she's coming. She's coming, but we don't know when. Like sometimes I'm like, can she just be on this show all the time? Because I really do enjoy her <laughs> quite a bit on this show. She's too uh, famous, man. She's too famous. Yeah, they, they uh, can't afford her for every episode. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> nope, they cannot. Uh, you guys, I just wanted to. Uh, we I haven't gotten into the ratings yet. I want to get. Let's yeah, do it. Mine is. <laughs> nine, nine, Michael. <laughs> yeah, is it a nine, Michael? Yeah, it is. Okay, uh, Adam. I'm going with eight. Going with eight. Um, I'm gonna give this. This was good. Uh, I give this like a seven point eight. Uh, this is about. Man, that's a TED rating. <laughs> this is TED rating. Well, hey, win a row. Discar uh, in terms, of, oh, it's only been out for um, less than twenty four hours. Right now, IMDb. Uh, they don't love Discovery. It's 5.5. .5. Um, 
Oh man, There's so many haters. So, so every many. every single time Discovery is brought up online, this is a just a ton of hate. So many trolls. Well, I I feel like there's like a strong vocal minority who's just like, you know, like I you can be critical of certain parts of it, like for sure, certainly, but like just to sort of dismiss it outright, it seems like a heavy-handed to me. Um, I just you know. keep hearing people moaning about Burnham crying, and I'm like, she hasn't cried a single tear this season, guys. Come on. And I'm okay with her crying. She can cry sometimes. Well, I'm okay with it. I'm just saying that's their main complaint, and then they always compare her to Janeway since she didn't cry. I'm like, guys, she was a captain when we saw her already, but even if she did cry, who cares? Yeah, like I guess it's I think it's just the frequency of it. I think that I think a woman captain is always going to be under more scrutiny than anybody oh, I else. Agree. I, don't even, I don't even see that. I, I just yeah. I don't see what they see, but that's what they want to complain about. Um I think it's just like how much they they I do notice it too sometimes where we're like, okay, like I get it. Michael Burnham, Sinequa Martin Green, you are a terrific actor and you can kind of cry on command, but it doesn't mean you have to cry on command every scene, you know, but that's a writer's thing. Right. So I think like that's her, that, that, that's the actor just trying to deliver based on what the okay, emotion well then, is supposed then, to be. That, that could be the whole premise here is like, as she grows into the role of captain, she's got to be the emotional dis and um, distance again, starting. She's got to, she has to. I mean, well, I think again, three episodes I think in, one, thing, one, so, one of the you you know, considering she was like she grew up largely on Vulcan and she was like we see in the, a lot of these flashback scenes when she even she first came to uh, serve on the Shenzhou with uh, with um, with Captain Georgiou that she, at that point she was like fully Vulcan in her like style. And by the time like the events of like the Battle of the Binary Stars happened, she had she had kind of softened on that. She wasn't like full Vulcan. But she like in terms of her philosophy and lifestyle, but she was largely still like that. Uh, and now she's just like I, I feel like that's largely gone. She's not. She doesn't try to suppress her emotions. She doesn't really you know do any Sometimes of that. I feel like they're just trying to distance themselves from that whole Spock thing, it, which yeah. to me has always been a mistake of this series to link it to Spock. I didn't think they had to do that. Yeah, like I, I agree with you. Like that. Um... Spock's a beloved character, and I feel like they're like they thought that that would give like some oomph or some, some yeah, exactly. To, but like Michael Burnham as a character didn't necessarily need that. And you could have exactly. you, you could have written it like even if she wanted her, oh, why I want Michael Burnham to have this connection to Vulcan, then she could have been raised by some other random Vulcan family, it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be the Sarex family. Um, but they so but they did it and they chose to do it so they tried to roll with it but now that like they've moved ahead like these 900 years um and gabriel burnham's still in the mix uh like i think i feel like that's this could be less and less of a thing you know like yeah. they dressed it more in unification in season three where she kind of got to see like this is what spock did with the rest of his life and whatever and you know which and, was great that was a good episode yeah, it was. I felt almost like that was the the, the ending, the closure. That, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the closure, but also an ending for that arc, uh, if you want to call it that. That the idea that she, like, she'll always be his sister, but I think we're never really gonna see that again. Yeah, that's okay. You know what I liked about season two was was the fact they brought Pike into it. And, and I, that's I, how it should have always been done. If you wanted yeah. some kind of nostalgia in there or some throwback, 
Yeah, and you could have had Spock in there, but he doesn't. He doesn't exactly. have to be your sister. He doesn't have to be your sister or. That's uh, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Right. But I mean, it's done. What's done is done, and now mm -hmm. they they've thrown us, you know, nine hundred years in the future, which was a great and idea. You, you know what, though, I, I, I Dave, when we watched the last episode um, of the original series, which I had never seen, and I didn't understand the number one reference until um, from from Discovery that Pike used to do with number one. And then we oh, saw oh you mean when that, we watched the cage, yeah, the original pilot from the cage, right. yeah, 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 yeah. The no, the whole number one, and the fact that Picard called Riker number one, and this, I'll be your number well, one. That I understood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That was a Gene Roddenberry thing. He wanted that to be like a thing. <laughs> He's done. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. the fact that remember we, we said that Majel Barrett was like that was her best role in Star Trek was that that episode. Yeah, like compared to like her Nurse Chapel or Luxana Troy. Yeah, I think she was fantastic. Yeah. Well, I want to choice she was good, but that was really great too. Yeah, she played quite a few characters. Um, yeah, like I agree. Yeah, like there's there's definitely a bunch of things, and I think like trying to go back. I don't know. Like I I like Discovery and I like a lot of it, but there are things that I I sometimes want them to move away from this and more towards this. And if they hear me out there and on the other fans that aren't necessarily the toxic fans who just want to hate on it for the sake of it, then I hope they do so because I think that there's a lot of potential still and there's a lot of good in what we're getting. Um, but uh, you know, always, always room for improvement. And I'm kind of curious to see like what Picard is going to be for season two, um, you know, and if they course correct for some of the things I didn't like about season one without spoiling yeah. anything. Um, well, and and you know, giving back to to Pike, I'm really looking forward to Strange New Worlds. I, I really, yeah, am. me too. Three years <laughs> since we've seen him play Pike on screen. By the way, three three, wow. three years. It's incredible to me that like Anson. Huh. <laughs> like I, I've never, I, I, I've never seen a spinoff take three years to come to fruition. Now there's plenty of good reasons for that. But uh, yeah, it's it's by the time he actually premieres in 2022, it's going to have been three or 2018 was the last time we saw him on screen as uh, as that version of Pike. Um, OK, so that we have our ratings, guys. We have our episode. We know where we're going next. Um, I think that all this left is to kind of just uh, talk about everything we have coming up. Um, so here on Live Long and Podcast, we talk about Star Trek new and old, past and present. Um, we did we talked about all of the Star Trek, the original series episodes, all 79 of them. I did that with Adam uh, and my dad and Jody Simpson and others. Uh, check that out. And then starting this next Monday night, we will be starting our new podcast series for Star Trek Enterprise, Eight Enterprise at Eight, um, as we will be starting with Broken Bow. Um, uh, check that out uh, this next Monday night. Uh, also, Tuesday night, Star Trek D Space Nine rewatch series. We've been doing Jeff Mater uh, and the Millards and Davin Skellhorn and Jamil Robinson. Uh, check that out. Um, that's we, we do call that D Space Nine at nine ish. Uh, that's every Tuesday night at nine. We're in season four right now. Um, and we're going to be doing, um, I don't know, we're doing another episode this next Tuesday night. So check that out. And then, of course, we've been talking about Discovery since that's been airing now in season four. But we also did Star Trek Lower Decks season two this year. We, we did, um, we're in the process of covering Star Trek Prodigy in their first season, doing that with Jessica Chan. 
uh, Michael's wife, as well as Davin Skelhorn. Um, though that will come back in January, but we've covered the first uh, four or five episodes over on that. So check that out in our playlist. And we also have Star Trek Radio Theater, which is our fun little show where we get to do like script reads of Star Trek. Uh, we just this past uh, Saturday we did um, Star Trek Lower Decks episode uh, Wedge Douge that was from uh, their ninth episode from season two. Episode. It was a lot of fun to do that. I'll be editing that into a kind of a final form in the coming weeks, and then we're going to be doing uh, Star Trek First Contact as our next uh, affair. That will include Adam and Michael and others. Um, so we're excited to bring that to you. Coming up on the 25th anniversary of Star Trek First Contact. And it's all, as well as this, it's the 20th anniversary of Star Trek Enterprise this year, too. Uh, so, old. so all kinds of things wow, happening. I'm old. I, no kidding, man. That was like half my life ago. <laughs> it is what it is, you know. Oh, my God. That's half my life, too. Just just think about Michael Burnham and Saru. Like, they jumped ahead 900 years, you guys. Like, they're they're having to deal with that, too. It doesn't feel like 25 years. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. Holy crap. I know. I know it doesn't. Uh, also, you can check out our other channels. We have one called Trivial Debates, a monthly channel where we argue about movies, TV, sports, and more uh, in kind of a, a round basis. We just did one this past Sunday with Jody Simpson hosting. We had Max Duda, Dylan Gonzalez, and Alex Blackburn competing. It was a really fun show. Check that out. Max Duda is going to be hosting the December edition, um, and we're looking for contestants. Huh? Who won? Uh, Alex won. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, it was it was a really fun episode. Plus, we also have Super Mater Brothers Podcasting, our third channel, where we talk about stuff that's not related to Star Trek, but it's TV and movie related, um, including we're right now we're we're talking about the Beatles Get Back um, a series on Disney Plus. We did one on we talked about part one on Monday night with Josh Shields. Uh, Jeff is going to be my brother. Jeff is going to be continuing that with Josh Shields and his brother Jake Shields, uh, also on Monday night. And we also talk about Marvel things. Um, we, we've talked about Eternals most recently. We're going to be looking at Spider-Man No Way Home and uh, Hawkeye, the series, uh, coming up very soon. Plus, Survivor Season 41 is in uh, is, is active. Uh, I'm covering that with Jeff Mater and Jamil Robinson every Wednesday night at 9.30. Uh, and you can check out our Big Brother podcast. We, we covered both the Canadian and the U.S. seasons earlier this year. And, uh, and a bunch of other shows like Westworld and Tiger King and all kinds of things. So, uh, and we have fan requests. I keep getting hit up. Like, when are you going to do the Gilligan's Island podcast? We will do the Gilligan's Island podcast. I don't know when, but it's coming. And um, I think that's it. Uh, you should also check out my cousin, uh, Davin. I mentioned him a few times just in the few minutes here. He's, he appears on D Space Nine with us and uh, a few things. He has a Star Trek podcast called Locutors of Trek. You should check that out. I'm going to be on there on Sunday doing the Gictal Challenge, some kind of Klingon thing. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll be there. And if you want to know what we're going to be doing with Klingons, check that out. And also my son, Eamon Mater, he's got a podcast called Let's Talk About Fighting Games, where you can find on Spotify or wherever you get your audio podcasts. And um, and if you like video games that are about fighting, that's over there, too. I think that's it, guys. Um, those are all the shows. But thanks for sitting here and talking to me about Choose to Live, the third episode of season four. It was a, it was a good one. And uh, thank you. Thank you to Michael. Thank you to Adam. And we'll be thank back you. next week for All Is Possible. Um, and we will now be signing off uh, with uh, Live Long and Podcast. How about, how about this one? Book. A drowning man only needs one breath. That's right. Oh, thank you.